Oh yes, making money is a simple trick once you grok. You've just added a new beatitude. Blessed is the rich in spirit, for he shall make dough. How do our people stack up in the fields, in other fields, better or worse than average? Oh, better, of course. If it's anything worth grokking at all, you'll see, Jubal, it's not a faith. The discipline is simply a method of efficient functioning at any activity you try. That's your whole answer, son. If what you say is true, and I'm not judging, I'm asking, you're answering, then that's all the competition you need, and fairly a fairly one-sided race, too. If one-tenth of one percent of the population is capable of getting the news, then all you have to do is show them. And in a matter of some generations, all the stupid ones will die out, and those with your discipline will inherit the earth. Whenever that is, a thousand years from now, or ten thousand, will be plenty soon enough to worry about whether some new hurdle is necessary to make them jump higher. But don't go getting faint-hearted, because only a handful have turned into angels overnight. Personally, I never expected any of them to manage it. I simply thought you were making a damn fool of yourself by pretending to be a preacher. Mike sighed and smiled. I was beginning to be afraid I was, worrying that I had let my brothers down. Well, I still wish you had called it cosmocalitosis or some such. Well, the name doesn't matter. If you've got the truth, you can demonstrate it. Show people. Talking about it doesn't prove it. The man from Mars stood up. You've got me all squared away, Father. I'm ready now. I grok the fullness. And we'll put in some space laser sounds there. (laughs) (laughs) So that was an excerpt from Stranger in a Strange Land by... Robert R. Heinland. (laughs) And that's also the origin of cosmic, with a K, palatosis. For those of you who didn't grok the full meaning of our name up until this point. (laughs) That's the book it came from. Um, I think I was telling you that you should read it for the longest time when we first got together. and then Not the longest time. We listened to it on tape like two months after we met each other. That's the longest time I was telling you, and then we went, we went trimming and listened. Did yeah. we? Yeah, Did we, we listened listen? to it trimming, and we had been talking about like I was like, I want to start a podcast, and then when we yes. heard that line, cosmicalitosis, we were like, that's what we should call it. Yeah, I remember that line so differently. He, so what he's talking about is um, the name of this church that this alien being creates. Well, he's not an alien. He was <clears throat> a man from Mars. Yeah, he was a human that was born on Mars. And he starts this church, and it's like a it's it, it was like a very radical book at the time. Although listening to it now, it's a little misogynistic and kind of strange and more yeah. in one way. Well, the book was written in, in the fifties, so yeah. you have to read it in that context. Yes. But they were also dealing with a lot of revolutionary shit for the fifties. Like yeah. literally, the word polyamory is because of this book. Mm-hmm. The woman who coined the term polyamory. Um, her and her husband based their com- their I don't know what you call it compound no what's the other word commune mm-hmm. they're like polyamorous commune off of the church from uh, stranger in a strange land um, they they were interesting people like they yeah. they were big I think I can't remember if it was Wiccans no what was it I can't remember what the Earth-based magic-y religion they practice. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were at the forefront of like American paganism or something like that, um, up in Northern California. Uh, they had like I think I think it was like a hundred or two hundred people that lived on their commune, um, and what else did they do? They like discovered unicorns. Uh, um, so I didn't realize that you. We're showing me those people the other day, and that was yeah, one of the that's people what I was, was the about. author, or it was based on no. the book was based on their commune. No, they based their commune on oh, the book. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so Stranger in a Strange Land was pretty radical for, for the, the time. Fi- for the time, yeah, because the they're talking about like polyamorous relationships. Everyone's fucking everybody, like. And it was the context of kind of like a communal church. Communal, which is yeah. what the man from Mars created. Well, the, ch- the church was a front. It was because they were like, we know this won't be accepted unless it comes in the form of a religion. Right, where right, it was right. like, nobody had property. Everybody shared everything. Everyone who made money put the money in a big pot. If you needed money, you took the money out. Mm. Um, 
everyone hooked up with whoever they wanted. Um, I'm still trying, but but going back to the cosmic halitosis line, mm-hmm. I'm I feel like so certain the reason we like landed on that as a title was there was another line in the book where he you know he mentions here like oh I wish you'd call it the church cosmic halitosis, mm-hmm. but I feel like he talked about it in another part of the book where he was referencing cosmic halitosis as this kind of like as like a critique of sort of new age like foul toxic new age ideas because there i feel like there is something in stranger to strange land where it's like can't it's like camp it's poking fun at some of that while also upholding its own version of like radical idealistic communal values or whatever i felt like there was something there that i remember and i can't find it Mm, looking it up really quickly i don't remember that specifically i just thought it was a great phrase it is a great phrase. <laughs> but I always thought, I, I, I'll have to look it up after we get done with this show, and maybe we'll we'll talk about it in the next episode. But I swear that there was something to why he wanted to call the church cosmic halitosis. It was like sort of a, a, a cynical take on communalism. But obviously the book was very much about like a version of communalism yeah. that the author found really interesting. Polyamorous. Nobody owns anything. It's right. It's like kind of yeah, a communist, just, communalist. Yeah, fully communal. Yeah. Kind of a deal. And they launder all the money through like their church taxes or whatever. Um, I can't remember if that was it. I think that was more of like the front of like having all these people live together oh. and practice together. Right, with... right. <clears throat> so, yeah. Anyway, we thought we'd give you guys that little origin <laughs> story, even though I don't remember it totally clearly, but yeah. Yeah. It's worth worth a read. I remember, like, within the first five minutes of listening to it, I was like, what is this? Because, like, the author was like, come over here, dame, you know? Or, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the narrator was like, well, that, Little bu- girly. that busty girly over there. And I was like, what are we listening to, Temba? I was like, this <laughs> Just is give terrible. it a minute. Give it a minute. <laughs> I was like, this is so fucking bad. But it really was interesting uh, the farther along we got into it. You have to take it in in the context in the of context, which it was yeah, written. Like seventy years, that ago. was pretty commonplace <laughs> sure. in the time it was written. But some of the other themes they deal with are radical for that time as and well. For Even now. for this time, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, <clears throat> what are we uh, updating? Because we are doing so good. We're doing so good. We're, doing we're so good. in this new year. We're doing one a month. <laughs> um, let's see what's been new. What's been new? We went to Freeze. Yes, that was actually kind of a big deal for us because we don't go to that many outings anymore. No, or like big commercial art thingies. No, no, I've never been to Freeze. I've been to other art fairs. You've been to other art fairs. This was our first time there. I have? Oh, yeah, I did go to one. <laughs> I um. <clears throat> um. So we had some art, our friends... Uh, do we want to say, do we want to, yeah, they listen to the podcast. Let's shout yeah. them out. Our friends Zach and Britta at Garden Gallery had asked us um, if we wanted to put some things up on consignment. They had a booth there uh, with a solo art artist and their work, and mm-hmm. they were going to have sort of like a like a tertiary if people wanted to learn more about the gallery. Oh, here's some of the other artists and some of their work. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to make new pieces, because I always like to be forced to make things or I won't make things <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, for you, I was... You were already working I was, on it. had just started working on, yeah, something mm. new when they when I got the email. Yeah, so what, what did you make? That's not important. Make it! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was making uh, two different um, wooden necklaces, like wooden chains. So I make like these individual links and put it together like you would kind of like a metal necklace, but it's all wood. Yeah. Which is super painstaking, um, Yeah, right? it takes a long time. <laughs> and if I, you can imagine, tiny little links, yeah. you have to hand sand all of them yeah. inside and out. And then uh, seal them, and or seal them, or? Yeah, assemble them, seal them. And uh, you cut and polish your own opals. Yeah. This guy right here, man. You don't do anything. And then I made a um, pup mask that I've been dreaming of that's like uh, tooled leather. A dope-ass pup mask. Undyed, yes. undyed. <laughs> tooled leather and now i have a repetitive injury <laughs> flare-up because of it which sucks um but yeah 
Um, and yeah, it was just a good kind of excuse to make some stuff and then go trot around and promenade at the fair. Yes, Genevieve was very excited about having a promenade. I was just, you know, it's one of those events where it's like, it's definitely a people-watching event. People go there to gaze upon one another. And, you know, it was a little stunted because everyone's wearing masks, which can, you know, can sort of stunt some of the facial human connection stuff. But people were still gawking, mm-hmm. I would say, and checking each other out. So that was fun. And I wore these um, Vivian Westwood dupes, knockoff <laughs> Vivian Westwood heels that I got in an undisclosed internet Place. shop. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, they're really pretty difficult to walk in, but I had my trusty partner there who, to hold my hand. It was your crutch. <laughs> for my, basically my crutch. Um, but yeah, we had a little trot. And People were gawking, heavy, heavy neck breakage. There was a lot of neck breakage, and we had a really interesting experience of so much non-consensual photography. And I guess that's maybe what we'll talk about for a minute here is how do we feel about people taking pictures of people in public without asking, hey, can I take your picture? Or, hey, I took your picture. Is that okay? Or, hey, I took your picture. Is that okay? And would you like me to tag you if I post it on social media? Anything. You know, just (laughs) any number of things to be like, I didn't just steal your soul or whatever. (laughs) You know, like... So that was a really weird experience. You kept noticing... Oh, yeah. I'll constantly like just I'd see someone in the crowd just start like tail like if I was a few steps well more than a few steps behind Genevieve but I would see I'd be a little back and then I'd see someone kind of like tailing her I'm just like fuck or at least that was the first time I noticed it it was like the guy with an actual camera camera right? no it was a it was before the egg basket place um but yeah this woman was like just following Genevieve very pointedly and I was like Then I turned around and she was like crouched down on the ground taking well, I, my like, picture. I told you to. I was like, me, this yeah. person is like. And I was like, hi. <laughs> did I say what did I say to her? Was I like, you should, I can't a- you should ask. You should yeah. ask. You should ask permission. Do you want something. my picture? You should ask or something <laughs> like that. And she was like, huh? And it kind of kept going. It seemed like she was not understanding. She was just like, oh, uh can I take your picture? And I was like, sure. Or did I say sure to her? Did I say no? I can't remember. Anyway, it was all very awkward. And like, here's the thing. I was promenading. Mm -hmm. But I was promenading to like stunt IRL, not to have like a million pictures taken of my feet, which cost (laughs) money on the internet, by the way. Uh, No no (laughs) no free feet, feet. freaks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was just really like kind of interesting, especially after not being at in these kind of environments for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I almost wondered if there was something too to like the depersonalization of mask wearing and feeling like people could just kind of like slide past each other in these more like anonymous ways or something. I wonder if that promoted that behavior. I feel like they would have been, I feel like people would do that regardless. People are monsters! <laughs> I just like... I'm, I guess I'm more, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm used to, like... Especially there, like, I feel like... People are treating a, everything like art. Yeah, a lot of the crowd is a lot of, like, wealthy, fucking entitled people. They're just yeah. like, I see that, I want that, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's probably true. It's a lot of, like, older, white, rich people. Yeah. So... Which we know. had one really funny interaction with, like, a gallerist or someone who was sitting at the gallery, gallery's table who took... Who was like, where did you get those shoes? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. And we started talking. And then she was like, I am just so high. I took an edible. (laughs) She was great. I was like, fair enough. She's like freaking out. She sees these shoes. She's high as fuck. She's been sitting there all day dealing with people. I'm empowered to you dealing with a social space while on edibles. And it's, it's not for me. I know some people could do that. But then she took our picture and then... Uh, I airdropped it from her phone to mine. You taught her about airdrop. I taught her how to airdrop. She just handed me her phone. I was like, just do it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was very funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's something about consent and photography. And it's something that I've grown to be more vigilant about, including like photographing people on the street here in L.A. There is a really bad habit, I think, of people thinking it's okay to photograph unhoused people or people who seem to be 
shelterless on the streets, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, a real problem when we start to... I think when photography can create this, like, you know, barrier between people or something, or, like, a fourth wall or something that makes you feel like, oh, that's just my subject and not a person. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know. I guess I've just become... I, I'm not... I definitely used to photograph people I saw random. <laughs> on the street who I thought this was interesting or funny. There are times when I've asked and there are times when I haven't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because it's actually becoming like a TikTok thing where like if you upload a TikTok of a stranger, people will come for you on TikTok. <laughs> so the Zoomers do not like it. The, the Zoomers, Sharon. Yeah, the Zoomers are like, this is not cool and not okay. So there's some kind of cultural shift happening there. Yeah, you should get permission. Like it's one I thing if they're so. like, far away or it happened to be in the background but if a person is the subject of your photo mm-hmm. you should, the least you can do is ask if it's okay yeah I think so and so that was just kind of shocking in a way because I guess I've like evolved my thinking about that and not thinking of everything in my environment as like an exploitable image for me to put on the internet for clout which is what I mm-hmm. think people were taking photos of my shoes for <laughs> like if you boil it down that's what it is like oh I'll put this on my Instagram story and everyone will respond to it and be like oh my god yeah and it's very much like taking someone else's image and effort and like exploiting it for your your own gain or whatever yeah, yeah. or your own pleasure however you want to say it so yeah it was weird <laughs> but you were such a good like oh well, i was fucking blocking yeah but kept, was, like we were playing a game after a while i was yeah when i'd see someone like pulling out their phone or their camera and start heading towards genevieve i would just like get right in between and like put my shoes in front of hers and yeah and they I'd, would try I'd, to like sh- move my body <laughs> to had, stay behind they try to shift to get a different <laughs> angle and move just like and then we both look at it and we're like, yeah, we see you. It was really <laughs> silly and strange, but like a stunt, <laughs> which like, you know, we love to do. It's true. It was a stunt. Um, but yeah, was there any art there that stuck out to you? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't really remember. There was that one thing that you, I think you were like, oh, this is one of my favorite ones. That was kind of like the oh, yeah. opium pods looking oh, things yeah. maybe like sand or plaster or something and like glass and then there was another one that was like silver and silicone and i and then on the on the uh, materials list it's a mosquito so i asked oh, the gallerist yeah. i was like where's the mosquito and i guess the mosquitoes were like trapped in these little silver droplets like yeah rain droplets yeah i liked that i'm into that kind of shit <laughs> I, some yeah. weird hidden treasure yeah i was like that's cool whether it's true or not i'm here yeah i was like really mosquito yeah no i like that i like that moment that to me is like a more relational moment in the art it's like do i trust this materials list or not um your 15 grand says you do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you can always like saw it down when you get the mosquitoes really there but yeah that was fun and interesting and you know a little trot about a little something something that Um, we don't normally do what else we were gonna talk about babe um oh oh your thing today i had an interesting interaction today with a dom um on instagram instagram yeah um basically the synopsis is that this person like posted that they matched on a dating site with a i don't remember what the exact quote was but it was something like a very famous um BBC adult actor. And what is BBC if our listeners BBC, don't know? The, the people know. British Broadcasting <laughs> Company. Uh, Big Black Cock. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I just DM'd him. I was just like, like, I can't remember exactly what I said. It was something like, like, uh, please don't, please don't refer to, like, to, to black men as BBC. Like, it's, it's a, you know, it, I can't remember what else I put. It was some, something about, like, uh, it being, like, a, a racial stereotype and bad, like, bad fetishization. Um, and, yeah, this person kind of, I don't know, it wasn't quite a double down, but... It was a defensive, there was a defensive response. Yeah, very defensive. Defending their behavior. 
response and instead of being like oh wait well why do i think about like why why am i using this racialized language because they could have said it without using bbc right is that um, the main is the, is that, that term like the main that was the main thing for point? me yeah, yeah it's just like there's a whole lot of shit attached to the sexualization of black bodies whether it's like the insatiable aggressive black man with the big cock or the like super freak like black woman you know Mm -hmm. um and i feel like people who are like sex workers or bdsm professionals are kind of on the forefront of being able to shape the culture here and we need to start pushing it in a direction um kind of away from these kind of tired and uh harmful stereotypes because you know this person this person may know that oh this is a consensual thing i'm doing with this person but all the people that follow them don't necessarily like Mm -hmm. follow that logic there's like oh it's okay to call black guys bbc Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. to uh equate a human being down to some fantasy body part of theirs that i believe they have um so that so and it's not like it's i mean it's i don't know it's something that people are still dealing with to this day it's not like something oh that's in the past right like right and so bbc is also a porn category and mm -hmm. this person likened their post about it to a marketing term right uh liken posting about it being like a marketing thing for presumably male subs that are uh cucks which is still a racialized fantasy that they Uh, more often than not well i mean it obviously is if they're advertising this bbc when it's bbc cuck that is a racialized fantasy yes and not that there's anything wrong with racialized fantasies. I'm I'm all for it in a consensual context. But just posting like, oh, I, I might be hooking up with this famous <clears throat> BBC performer. This puts no context into it. This, this doesn't talk about how it's consensual or maybe how maybe we can avoid it. We can strike the BBC part <clears throat> and... Uh, convey this in another way and it's also like why does that need to be said too like it didn't from my interactions with this person it didn't seem like it was like a sure thing that they would be doing sessions with this person Mm -hmm. it's just like oh i matched with this person so i'm sure they'll be willing to be part of this bbc cuck uh offering yeah it's prioritizing what i see what i see as like a, a white fetish like BBC cucking is historically, and this is a generalization, but I'm going to go on a limb and say it's historically a fetish that it's it's white men yeah. who like to uh, watch or interact with this fetish. Yeah, it's not, I'm not saying that black men can't feel empowered in this yeah. scene, but this scene it specifically caters to, caters yes. to a white gaze, to yes. white people. Yes. And yeah, it's just, it. it's not necessary. Like, what are, like... It's almost like a, it, 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 and I think that's like a really good point too, is to not even be like me and this performer who I've already, has already consented to doing this with me will be offering this thing for those who are interested in this kind of scenario. It's It's a, it's a white person from the start. It's a white person offering up a black person's body for white people fantasies without this person necessarily agreeing to be featured in your stories in this way, even though you didn't put the person's name, it's still, it's just like the whole ethics of it. It's it's the mental state of like, yeah, I am a pro dom. I have access to this body because I'm hot white lady that people want to fuck and i get to use you however the fuck i want it's just like you need to interrogate that shit and think about it a little bit and it's it's funny like this person i don't think they quite get where i'm coming from with it i think they're just mad that i i feel i think they just think i feel triggered that they use bbc and not more like let's think about this a little deeper." deeper and this person's like well i'm a I'm a I'm a brown person, I'm a refugee from fucking like Eastern Europe, Southeastern Europe. Like you're not a brown person. Like they were deflecting criticism. Y- yeah, you're fucking white. White people are Muslims. There's a lot of like blonde Muslims. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, 
unheard of. Like, and you being brown or Muslim does not make you incapable of propagating racist ideas. Yeah. Like. And and anti-black ideas. Yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah. You know, I I think it's a real. You know, I told you that like I had come upon this person previously and sort of just glanced over their profile and there was a lot of stuff in, in it that sort of like set me ill at ease and and this is as someone who's coming into marketing my pro domination kind of figuring out how do I market it and how do I market it in ways that don't entrench harmful stereotypes that don't entrench um you know potentially uh like Stru- like st- structurally oppressive systems in the context of like BDSM fantasy, you know? Um, I mean, even stuff like trying to sort of s- separate out a connection to you in the work, like you take all my photos, but the, the, the reason that I don't really want to have like a strong presence for you too, is I don't want people to jump to the conclusion that we're going to scene together with me as the person they contact about it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be responsible for people coming at me with that because that's something that would have to be a discussion with the three of us from the start. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is like, yeah, trying to be um, aware of the dehumanizing ways that people who hold that fantasy can act and treat people like you, you know? Yeah. Which I think you've, you know, have more experience and knowledge of than I do. Yeah. And so it's like making that choice to just flippantly market BBC cuck scene is just so unexamined to me. And not thinking about who those people are, the BBCs or whatever, it's just very like diminishing, you know? It's messed up. I think a lot of people in the field don't really think about that or, you know, anything past like what's making me money. Yeah, and Which I and you know fine. Yeah, we but... talked we talked about that too. It's like it is a job, but it it's like. But it's like you... it's like it's like people are like, oh, sex worker rights. We need to have rights for sex workers and women. But then it stops when it goes anywhere outside of your own experience. Right. Um, like just play into those tired tropes. Yeah. Because it makes you money, and that's that's empowering. But it's really not empowering if it comes at the expense of a marginalized yeah. group you know and again there's no i have zero problem with racialized play there is a way you can do racialized play and you can fucking educate yeah um there's a lot of do- prodoms who do that there too. are some yeah, yeah there are prodoms that do that i mean maybe that's a little more work because mm-hmm. you have to think about it or and maybe it's less inter- sexy in- to interrogate the cop, you know? it yourself mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> I think there's I think there I think there's a choice to be made there and it's like I don't I I don't have a lot of respect for people who make the choice to just continue to propagate these tired old tropes. Like BDSM, sex, kink, they are so they are and they can be so expansive and when people choose to just play into these like digressive uh narratives it just it really turns me off and it's not it's not the kind of kink that i enjoy but it's okay to play into them but think about why why am i doing this where does this come from like when you interrogate it and you can break down those things then you know you can go into this like more safely Mm -hmm. and and it can be a healing space too. yeah absolutely um but to just like blindly trot into it because it's the thing to do, like It'll make you money. It's like, yeah. yeah. What are we trying to do here? It's like, but I mean, I get it. Not everyone's there. To, not everyone's ready to like start breaking shit down, and not everyone wants to be part of a, a of, revolution. Yeah, <laughs> or revolutionizing or like a, I, I would call it we... like a progressive. There's like I, I hate the word progressive because it's ensconced in like liberal <laughs> progressivism now. But the actual word progressive, you could, there is a yeah, progressive to grow, change. to, yeah, yeah, change it. Like, th- that's to make what, it more different than it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what we, I think, as a, yeah, as a, a person invested in kink and kink practices, like, I want it to be better mm-hmm. than where I found it. Yeah. Like, let's, let's fucking grow this shit. Let's move yeah. it. Like, it's, culture is evolving and let's let's keep moving with it 
and you took the time out of your day to try to educate this person and help them understand why you took uh, issue with the way that they were advertising this service, well, uh, which I mean, wasn't, wasn't even a service. This yeah, fantasy. I mean, I don't, I don't like to say I took the time out of my day because that I feel like that's like a, mm, it's like a pat on the back kind of a thing. It's like yes, uh, I chose to engage. No, I in, mean it more as like she wasted your time. Oh, <laughs> making you talk to her about this, like you well, didn't, you didn't have to, but you chose. To. I chose to. That I mean, that's why I say I don't like to say that is because mm. I actively engaged yeah and like I could have just left it at that and that would have been that but I chose to actively engage and like you know maybe this person will think about that in the future maybe they won't but yeah it's do you it think it helps it you too to like work through your own feelings about it and learn to articulate your feelings of course about it? Yeah. yeah of course anytime you're challenging yourself to you know, convey ideas to someone outside of your own head is is absolutely beneficial, whether um, they get it or not. It's like, you know, the practice of being able to mm, put your thoughts and feelings, like, out into a form of communication. Mm-hmm. But that was that. <laughs> do, you, what, do you feel like the outcome was positive in the end, having this conversation? I really don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know this person... Personally, I've never met them, so I really don't know. Maybe sometime in the future, I will meet them in person, and maybe they might be like, hey, you know, like, I thought about what you said, like, and I've kind of, like, made some adjustments to my approach. Mm. Maybe they won't. Maybe, maybe they'll just... Maybe they'll just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I knows? don't see it. I don't know. Maybe they'll be like, fuck you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think... So, I think it takes, like, a lot of energy and attention to want to change or or stray from some of the scripts around pro-doming mm-hmm. and specifically around femdoming, you know, which is a world I've been in and out of for years, but now that I'm really fully committing to to professionalizing it, it's just I really see all these different tropes that play out and the way different people quote brand themselves and market themselves and I can see very clearly that some people are more committed to breaking through some of the stereotypes and barriers and what they think they should be doing. And some people are just committed to, you know, making some money and doing what all those old white dudes want them to do. Yeah. And I don't mean that. I, that I, I feel like that sounds bad, but it's like you do play into certain white male fantasies and white male gazes in this job absolutely i and mean that is the anyone, predominant gaze you know that yeah anyone who tells you otherwise is full of shit yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's it, it kind of sucks you know what i mean to feel like that is the who you have to be thinking about and i'm always trying to like like i feel like i said this on our last podcast but i've noticed i have maybe a diff people are uh, who are interested in what i do are not yeah. the people who i i'm thinking I should be marketing to. I'm thinking I, I'm assuming I should be marketing to white the white male cis gays or whatever, yeah. and that's not really the people who seem the most invested or interested in my work. So why do I keep trying to cater to them? Because that's what a dom does, you know. Yeah. And I think the more that professional dominatrixes and fem doms can just really tap into what they really care about, what they really think is sexy, and put that forth, like that can change like a whole paradigm around kink, you know. And I guess I find it disappointing when I see people sort of like, and disappointing just, maybe disappoint. like, I I don't know, I don't want to sound like I'm like shaming some people's approach Mm. to, you know what I mean? But I do feel like falling into a, a, falling into a trope like BBC Cuck, very, very popular porn genre, Mm -hmm. you know, very popular BDSM genre. It's been around a long time. I'm sure it's tried and true. I'm sure it's successful financially. Yeah. But to not have the desire to look at what that is and why that's a successful and taboo, because there's so much taboo mi- mixed up in kink, right? Yeah. That's what absolutely. makes things kinky. Not want to invest why that's taboo, why those power structures are like interesting to invert, you know? Like <laughs> that to me is like. I don't know, boring, I guess, I should just say. Not disappointing, just boring. 
everyone's at their, you know, they are, everyone's is, is, everyone is where they are. Um, yeah, but I like when you call and, them out if they're not in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not something I do that regularly. I don't, I felt like I pre- previously this person like started DMing me about gardening shit and we had really good conversation about farming and gardening and being connected to like where your food fucking comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like that's my experience <clears throat> of like everything online now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they seem cool. And then uh, one day it's like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, the, inter- the internet these days though. What about this week and the um, how every single person we know is like suddenly a foreign affairs expert? <laughs> I'm gonna turn the light on. Okay. What do you think of that? What do we think about that? Uh, everyone's posting the same memes. Not the same memes. Well, not the same memes, but. I mean, I'm just, like, watching friends of mine being like, Zelensky's a fucking girl boss, and I fucking love that president. Who's Zelensky? The president of the Ukraine. Who nobody knew about. I Isn't mean, I shouldn't say nobody. Yeah, I just mean oh. girl boss. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like warlord feminism. It's like Hillary yeah. Clinton asked, you know. Well, it's like, oh my god. People only care when it's, like, something the media talks about, and the media is only going to talk about, like... The wars and the, yeah. the oppressed like white people mm-hmm. in the Ukraine, but at the same time, like we just what did we we just bombed like Somalia, like Israel backed by us, just bombed Yemen, like Syria. Oh, Syria, not Yemen. Saudis no, are bombed. No, Yemen is a Yemen is a continuing human Sau- rights yeah, Sau- Saudi Arabia backed by us is. Um, genociding Yemen, but you know, none of that shit's on the news. We're just trot down, you know, a mile and a half from our house to Skid Row, which is continuing to be like a human rights crisis. They're yeah. like, oh no, we don't have the money to house people. We have to throw bombs across the world. It's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked. And, I, and everybody, not everybody, I know there's so many people who aren't talking about it, um, but it's just wild to see like the trending aspect of fucking war you know no i mean it's not necessarily it's the internet is just trending shit period so it's not necessarily war war specifically but war this war happens to be something that's hot on the tip right now so it's getting the treatment the treatment (laughs) it's getting the treatment but you know if like like penis monsters from venus landed tomorrow that would be getting the treatment you heard me penis monsters stranger in a strange land (laughs) (laughs) whoa stranger um yeah i don't know it's just mm, it's just really something to me i was explaining i I hung out with a uh, friend i haven't seen in a while this week and i was explaining to them like, why I love TikTok so much. And I was like, TikTok just distills, like, this human herd mentality, and it makes it okay to just, like, trend and lip sync and do what everybody else is doing, and you don't feel bad about it because your success on that app is predicated on being a fucking sheep. It's just, it's lemming lunchbox. (laughs) Yes, it's lemming lunchbox, and I love it because I'm just like, this is great. This is like, maybe there is something innate and intrinsic to being a human where you do. You're a communal animal. You want to be around people. You want to do what people are doing. And then when it's on TikTok and it's trends, it's relatively benign. What I'm seeing on Instagram is people thinking that they have to be the expert or the talking head. Hot take. Or have the hot take (laughs) on, like, really serious and complicated issues. And one week it was Palestine, and then it was Ukraine, and then it was, you know, vaccines. And then it's all these really complicated issues that nobody can be, very few people can be a true expert on. And you you can't distill it down to an infographic. You you, you shouldn't. <laughs> I would just say like I would. You can attempt. You can attempt to, but <laughs> yeah. And it's just like I don't. You know. So I see that behavior play out on Instagram, and I I guess I I've come to understand like okay, this is normal human behavior to want to be part of an in group or part of a a, a, a flock. I guess yeah. I want to say, but it it seems so fucking weird to me seeing like friends who i know know fucking nothing about ukraine i don't know anything about ukraine so i'm not gonna fucking chime in you know what i mean like i'll i'll listen and i'll see what you know see what i can 
grok <laughs> as the information becomes made available but people are jumping in like they have been watching ukraine this whole time and they literally know everything about like post uh, soviet russia relations and they're just like this is wild to me but uh, you know just get on TikTok and, like, make a stupid fucking video. There's plenty <laughs> of ways to belong without, like, acting like you understand the vast complexity of this world. Or, like, focus on the corner of the world that you're most passionate about and try to understand that complexity. And don't just jump on every new news story that the Twitter sidebar tells you you should be tweeting about. I'm passionate about whatever corporate media tells me to be passionate Literally. about. Okay. Literally, that's what it feels that like. That is where I get my personality from, and that's that, all right? You don't know what makes me feel, like, <laughs> sick in the pit of my stomach, because I'm just, like, it, it's, like, it's, I don't know, it just feels, it's just, a, I'm not even going to say it feels like a psyop. It is a psyop. That is literally what the, like, operation is. It is to brain, it is to, like, put a worm in your brain and let that worm wiggle around and, like, carve out your gray matter until your brain fits the mold, the mold. <laughs> and it, it it troubles me because it's kind of lonely like you know to feel like i don't really want to just jump on every next little trend you know it's okay you don't have to and i have you so that's nice because <laughs> i know you're there with me so that's good do we want to talk about our tiktok uh video from yesterday Come on. We don't have to talk about TikTok. We don't want to listen to TikTok. Okay, can have a little TikTok smooth brain. As a treat. As a treat. Little just a little TikTok. <laughs> so we don't, uh, you know, I really went hard on TikTok when I was trying to like crack the viral code, and I did that after five days. So now I'm kind of like less interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> but. um Let's see. So we put up this video. I, I was on my hard drive. I was, I don't remember why, but I was like parsing through a bunch of old content. And I was like, oh, some of this would be good. Like TikTok. Fodder. Throw, yeah, literal ballast. Let's just throw it up there. And one that I put up yesterday. Well, we put up two yesterday. Let's play the audio for one of these. This is <laughs> Okay, there's this one. Sir, this is my person. I don't know you. <laughs> Okay, and then he's like walking around a store. There's no audio on this one. So we put up that one. What is that one? That one was, uh, I think we're at Moscatels or something. Don't tell them where it is. Everyone in the comments is like, where is this? I need to know where this is. (laughs) It was a purse made out of like fake moss. Insider knowledge. And I was doing like a weird, it was something from uh, King of the Hill I saw a long time ago. Uh, where Bobby was like, this is my purse, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it might not even be the way the quote actually goes. This right. is just how I remember the quote from whenever King of right, the Hill was because on. because this person, Safio, who we know from uh, the LA, don't be afraid to shout it. That's my purse. Try it again. They put that in quotes, so I'm assuming that's the actual line uh-huh. from the show. We could look it up, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but okay, we posted that one. It's Okay. Uh, views wise, but then this other one, <laughs> then this other one. <laughs> yeah, we're playing it. It's like radio. Okay, that's the one. Okay, we were talking about our TikToks and playing. People have entire the- podcasts about internet content. This is allowed. <laughs> it's allowed and it's okay. It's just like whatever. <laughs> and you know, I'm always trying to like proselytize to get people on that Kami China app. <laughs> as some like to say I was that was a joke I hope you guys understand. <laughs> people like to say you know you know shit talk China or whatever um so yeah that second one is up to 107 something views but uh yeah real like bottom of the barrel shit will go uh get some views on TikTok it's really an interesting app why do you think that one went up it's under seven seconds that's probably it's part of it under seven seconds it's you in a latex bodysuit, so there's some, like, female form in there. Mm, that always helps, yes. There's an, uh, your skin's white. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. Uh, a weird, a, a thing in there that people can't quite grok. 
this plant flogger. So they're like, what is that? Penis it looks like a plant, but what is that? Yeah, it's a penis alien from Venus. Um, and, uh, for whatever reason, that one didn't get flagged to be deleted. Actually, if... It might still, we don't know. If, if none of our videos got deleted, like, they would be We'd have madly one. blown up. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. We get a lot of stuff deleted, but somehow we're still there. This is our second account, third account, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird app, but what were some of the comments that we liked? Okay, the best thing... So this piece is called a grass cut, and it's made with fake grass. It really looks like... Uh, so it's a flogger. The flogger head is made of, like, plastic grass, and then a wooden handle that Tembo has beautifully sculpted. I think my favorite comment is, puts a new meaning to go touch some grass. Do you know what go touch some grass is? No. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> That's why we're talking about TikTok, so I can explain to you the memes. <laughs> I don't need the memes explained to me. People see go say go touch some grass on the internet. When, when you've been on the computer too long. When, the, when they've said something that that person thinks is problematic, or they're going too hard on something, or they disagree with that person's opinion. It's an insult to be like... You're fucking way too out there. Go touch grass. Go see nature. Mm, you need Go to be grounded. You need to be grounded. You need to get away from get you had to get AFK and yeah. So that was good because yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that's a good like uh I don't know. I, I don't have an articulate way of explaining why that's the best comment. Um Do you wanna read any of the comments? You really hate this idea, don't you? <laughs> I alone am responsible for my algorithm. Uh, That's good. That's like a mantra almost. Like it's like a twelve step. Like like it's like what you like. Oh no. The best one is plant tissy splinters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a TikTok trend of like calling everything a something ussy. We have another one that is like a monstera leaf that I am putting my fingers into the holes of, and people call it, called it a monsterosy. Monsterosy. No, but I go go back to the other one. I like what other one? The first one that I said. I don't remember what it was now. Uh oh! I alone am responsible for my algorithm. Yeah, I like that one because that's like an that's like an overarching joke on TikTok. Here's the thing: if you haven't hung out on TikTok and all you've seen are like reposts of TikToks on Instagram Reels, TikTok. What makes TikTok so fantastic is the comment section because that in itself is like its own social network. The comment section is like Twitter overlaid onto Vine, basically. (laughs) So people have all these like inside jokes that get like remixed and like turned into new things depending on the video. And you can get like really deep cuts, like jokes that were popular like two years ago will suddenly be perfect for a video that's trending now. So yeah, I... I just love TikTok. That's a funny looking parsnip. Why are people so obsessed with their tools being like carrots and parsnips? I mean, I get it. I don't. Some of them will have a carrot like. I cringe every time. Any other Visage. ones you like? Uh, no, a lot of ats. A lot of ats. So the thing too with the I alone am responsible for my algorithm is that's like an ongoing joke on TikTok of like, um, you know, because suppose you know the secret potion is something that people like to discuss about the TikTok algorithm, why you see the things you see on your For You page. It's formulated for you based on what you see on your For page, how you interact with it, how you comment with it, what you follow, how long your eyes linger on a video before swiping to the next one. And it gives you this like super specified For You page. So when you get something kinky and weird, that's the joke. Is like, <laughs> oh, I'm a dirty little pervert. Now we all know. Okay, what? Bruh, I sat here trying to figure out what vegetable that was. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I, what's this one? I really thought it was digitally animated. I don't see that, but oh. maybe the latex makes it look like that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fine. That's enough of our TikTok recap, I guess. I could do this you all day. You can keep going if I you want to. I can do this I'm all t- day. I'm damn hungry, though. All right, so we're going to go get some wings from where? Wing... Empire? Yes, baby. Right? Yes, baby. Wing imperialism. <laughs> wing imperialism dinner. Yeah, wing empire. We it was near a wing stop, but I was like, wing empire or wing stop? Like Wing Empire was local, so that yeah. sewed it up. And it had mango habanero, yes. which is what you were craving. 
gonna get that and then come back and I'm gonna heat treat some knives. See oh. if I can actually get my hamon to work this time. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. Just talk a little, little, little. I don't have anything to say about it. Kevin's I've... been making his own fucking <laughs> knives. In a coal forge. He created his own forge. Sort of. It's just a campfire forge. Oh, it's nothing. forge. It's nothing fancy. You like very old school. Which is cool. Just talk about it a little. Give us the window. I don't know what to say about it. I use wood wood charcoal. I heat it up nice and hot, and I. It's kind of a blend of old school and new school because I well maybe not new school but new technology. I use coal wooden coal not like coal coal um and charcoal um and use like a hair dryer to like force induction air on it so it gets real hot it's like white bright hot like you need sunglasses and even when it's at night to look at it well i guess i don't know yeah um and yeah that's how i and then you put heat, this, like, clay... Heat treat them. Um, yeah, I put clay on the blades. To, the no, blades which you I'm cut... I'm not describing hemoning. Uh, it's okay. too complicated. Fine. He cuts... The, I'll explain it from an outsider perspective. <laughs> he cuts these blades out of stainless steel, I assume? No. Steel. It's high carbon steel. High so carbon rusts. steel. So he cuts them out. He polishes them down. He, he bevels them. This is me. <laughs> but I've seen you do... Cause you, uh-huh. you work in mysterious ways. You bevel them... One of them is going to be a dick knife or something. Yeah. If you're more on social media, two weeks ago, three weeks uh-huh. ago, there was like a meme going around about Catherine the Great, who famously had a lot of penis furniture made, mm-hmm. uh, about someone, some lover of her had a uh, dick, a dildo dagger made for her. So I thought it would be funny to actually make it. So I'm going to. Cool. So you so you shape it to accommodate the handle that you have in your mind, and then you put some kind of compound, concrete compound clay on it. I watched you today. I came upon you like tinkering with it over there and sluicing it on. You put it in the sun to dry, and then you're gonna make your little forge later. Put it in. You're gonna screech at me. Jeremy, get come get that video now, 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 and then we'll get the video. And then what happens? You put it in the oven for an hour? Yeah, to temper it. Two hours. Two two-hour cycles. And the neighbors are going to be livid because we share the gas bill with them. And then uh, <laughs> then what happens? I don't know. Uh, then it gets uh, shaped some more, beveled some more, polished, sharpened, and then we put handles on it. Mm-hmm. Can you even? That's that on that. Can you even? I did. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's it for Cosmic Halitosis this week. Yeah, hope all's well with you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic, with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening.